Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. I'm here today for a solo podcast. A few days ago, I put on my beautiful Instagram stories a little Ask Me Anything. It's been a minute since I've answered you all's questions, and I want to answer some. So one of the first questions that I got here is from someone within our community named Justine. And I said, you know, include your name if you're okay with being named, and if not, don't include your name. So. um. I wanted to answer this question. It's a great question. She asks, thoughts on creating women's spaces as gender becomes less and less binary. Okay, this is a really good question, Justine. Thank you. So currently, I am creating two programs for 2023. I have been an artist, creative, heart-based leader, a spiritual seeker, a mystic, um, So I have been creating women's spaces off and on since I was in college. That started as artistic projects, art collectives, women's circles, moon circles, ritual circles. Some of my most um, fun, wild, and weird women's spaces were when I was 19, 20. I kept creating those spaces for a long time, but mostly they were for friends and in private. They were not anything commercial. They weren't anything that was for the public. Um, They were for my own community. And I was kind of known for that, um, which was awesome as I lived in different cities over time. Then in about 2016 or so, I had my shift in my career being primarily in film and TV and acting and my spiritual path just being my own spiritual path, which I just did for private for a very long time. But my spiritual path, my mystical path became a part of my work. And that was a really interesting transition. And I think it's a great question to ask anyone, how long have you been consciously aware on your spiritual path, on your path of awakening before you try to bring it into your work? I'm not judging anybody for doing that really quickly, but there's something really beautiful and sacred to just living on your spiritual path, deeply, deeply integrating it into your life, which means your friends and family who are maybe going to take a while to understand who you are and who you're becoming as you open and as you transform before then integrating it into your career. That is like a lot of integration, um, which takes you outside of a lot of the normative mainstream thinking. Um, So for me, I had been a practitioner. I practiced yoga, meditation, ritual, um, been seeking and many mystical traditions for a long time before I started creating public spaces that were for pay that I required a ticket price, all the other spaces from age 18 to 32 were for free. (laughs) And that was awesome because that gave me a lot of experience in just leading groups of women without it being any sort of pressure. So, which leads me to the question of, okay, I'm creating two programs. It's the year 2023. And why am I still creating programs for women? Next year, I am creating um, 
a coven mastermind for 13 women who want to work with me one-on-one in a very deep dive container. So this is for people that are either already public people, leaders, creatives who want to have the confidence, the energy, the roots, the uh, follow through to stand publicly in their art and their creations, and they want to be held in that. So that's going to be a really important group of women because I know from my own journey that having ideas is great having an idea for a business or whatever, but often people don't have the presence or the energy to hold that. And so it's like someone may have an idea, but the the energy of their own presence, their own stature, their own personal practice can't hold that which they wish to create. So I was actually thinking about it. One of my best friends, Ruby Warrington, helps people write their books. And I told her, I said, you know, do you ever get women who want to write a book, but they haven't really developed yet the the presence or the energy to hold that kind of a big project? Like they haven't created a platform. They haven't created um, a public voice. They're not, they're, they're a little shy to show up publicly, to be seen, to be known. And we were talking about this because I was like, I want to help those women who have the brilliant ideas, but they don't always have the the courage to follow through, or they have a lot of voices of resistance that are like, I don't want to be seen, I don't want to be known, but they have these beautiful works that they want to birth to the public. So I'm creating this program, calling in 13 women. I think there are somewhere between um, eight or nine spots remaining for the program. Uh, It depends when this podcast comes out. So I'm calling those women in, and I'm calling in just women just women. So for 2023, I have included on my sales pages that the the groups are open to anyone who identifies as being a woman. This can be queer women. This can be masculine presenting um, people that identify still as women. So there's a lot of range there, which I love holding space for. And I know that I can hold space for. That being said, I don't uh, want to hold space for um, cisgendered men in my programs. I I don't. It's too much. I'm not ready for it. My partner's great at holding space for them. There are also a lot of amazing men who hold space for um, people that identify as men. Rocco uh, Kaidos, who was just on the podcast, who's a trans man, he holds space for uh, all kinds of men, anyone who identifies as a man. So I don't want to hold programs that include cis men, or even trans men. I think that bringing um, that energy into the space, it just opens a lot of other conversations that can be distracting from the mission and purpose at hand. Here's why. Because my work always involves the body and sexuality, whether it's direct or indirect. So if you were going into a contemplative Buddhist program, a mindfulness program, where the teacher was not bringing sexuality into the room, not bringing stories of past traumas into the room, and it was strictly, okay, we're here working on business or we're here working on mindfulness or something like that, where sexuality wasn't included, then that would be a whole different story. But my work always involves the body. So when women come into my rooms, we are opening, we're we're feeling our feelings, we're telling stories about the past where we've been hurt. Maybe some of that has been by patriarchal systems or by cisgendered men. So I 
if I just invited men into those rooms, um, it would just be a whole nother situation. And that's not, we need sacred spaces where, you know, we can't walk into the grocery store and necessarily be in this liberated sexual expression. Um, we would probably get attention that we don't want. And we've lived that life probably at certain times. I know I have had times where I'm like living in this really wild sexual express place. And I got a lot of unwanted groping attention, et cetera. So now I show and open my sexual energy with my partner or in a very contained space, which is either with men and women in a contained space or with just other women. Last night, I went to sensual dance with my dear teachers here in Boulder, Colorado, Allie Cole um, and Jen. I forgot Jen's last name. It's slipping me, but they're amazing. <laughs> Their um, website is called Sensually Embodied and their Sensual Embodied Dance. Uh, we'll link them in the show notes. But in their classes, it's women opening their sensual body, dancing in a way where we can feel fully free. And there's no... It's not that women in the room couldn't be potentially attracted to another woman, but it's a very different if you were to put a just um, regular old man in the room, everything would change. The energy changes completely. Um, part of us maybe is questioning, is this a safe space? Maybe it brings up trauma from the past. Maybe somebody has a crush on them and now there's this flirtation happening. So there's just so much that can happen in that. And especially when we're trying to do healing, we're trying to do transformation um, on ourselves. For me, it's just not an energy that I'm wanting to hold. There are amazing teachers, maybe in the tantric and shamanic spaces that do hold that. So they are holding men and women in a room where maybe sexual energy is expressed and is moving through. I'm not interested in that at this point in my journey. I'm interested in creating a really deep, safe space for women together where we can see each other, support each other, open to some of these places within our beings without having that potential extra pressure um, of, is this a safe space now? That being said, if I was not opening up deep, um, let's say, sensual or sexual energy. And if that wasn't in the room, I would probably be able to hold it. Let's see if I was just doing a writing workshop and I would, I would absolutely have men and women in the room. That's very different than if we're doing really deep embodiment where we're rolling around on the floor and we're moaning and we're groaning and we're crying. Um, and we're opening some of that. I've seen it become very performative when there are uh, there's like a mixed gender room and it creates polarity. It creates energy between people, attraction, all of that. Again, that's awesome. There are some great teachers that that's what they do. They hold those rooms. Um, that's not where my career is right now. So um, the programs that I feel super confident holding are with women. And I've been holding spaces for women for 20 years. So. You know, I held my first mixed uh, gendered space. There were a few queer people in the room and there were definitely a lot of um, straight or heteronormative couples and singles. And that was awesome, but it was a lot of energy. Oh my God. I held that space with my partner, Eli, and we did a great job. 
we did all kinds of things and it wasn't all always about creating um, intimacy. There was just some general breath work, some general shadow work, some general qigong that none of that was really um, kind of focused on the relational. However, I watched women act completely different when men walked into the room. And I was like, okay, wow, I'm trying to get them to pull down their masks, to open their hearts, to feel, to be vulnerable. And amongst women, it's already hard. Add a man in the room and things get really different. I even watched some of our team members on that retreat, like it's totally drained and have different parts of them um, come out, which I had never seen before because we'd been in all female spaces. So it's not that it's not amazing practice. It is. It's just a different practice. And I do think Eli and I will do another um, co-ed mixed gender, all gender experience in 2023, but it isn't the core base of my work right now to work with men. I'm happy to work with um, like masculine presenting uh women or uh, trans women um, who are uh, invested in creating a really safe space for the feminine experience that can include us opening our sexuality, um, which I don't mean engaging in sexual contact. I mean, telling our stories, um, feeling where our sensual bodies need a little love, a little bit of opening and doing that in a place that just feels really safe where the nervous system isn't activated, where additional masks aren't there. Um, so we'll see if in 10 years, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just doing all gendered spaces where we're doing all this deep relational work. But I think for my journey, the place that I can say that I hold a deep, deep practice is with women, that I've been working with women for 20 years. And publicly as my job in the spiritual and coaching space for the last six years. But before then I was directing women. So I was uh, writing, directing, holding sacred spaces. Um, and it was just a little bit, it wasn't within the kind of spiritual coaching and wellness space. But I mean, I can remember the first play that I directed helping one of the actresses open emotionally and feel into the depths of her being. And it was so profound. And that play was about, um, finding the wild feminine spirituality within uh, Christian and Muslim uh, religions and how the feminine had been so repressed there. And so that was 20 years ago. So I've been on this journey for a while. I've been deeply investigating and where I know how to, I know how to help disarm women, open women, support them in revealing their hearts and standing free and opening um, to the next layer of their potential. Like that's what I do really well and I've done it for a while. So unless I get really good at doing that with men, I'm going to leave that to the people that are really good at it. <laughs> because I definitely, when I was leading our COVID retreat in Zion in May, I felt myself leading a practice. I led like an embodied breath practice and an embodied shadow work practice where we embodied different um, patterns that we have, et cetera. And I felt, ooh, oh my gosh, I like I went up to some of the men as they were like embodying one of their shadow patterns. And I was like trying to get them to go deeper because I'm used to women like 
in my programs and retreats and things going all the way. If they're like, okay, I'm going to embody my procrastination shadow, like they'll go for it, you know? And I was like walking up to the circle of like three men and I'm like, Hey, why aren't you guys doing it? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, why are you guys doing that exercise? And it's like, I felt like, wow, like I don't like, I don't have the full language with them to, um, support them in going to this place. And here I am, this like five foot three firecracker, like popping over, being like, hey, like embody your, you know, lethargy. Come on, let's do it. And they're like looking at me like I'm asking them to speak Chinese um, from people that don't, you know, don't speak Chinese. And um, maybe they all speak Chinese. What do I know? But Basically, I was asking them to speak a language that they didn't speak. And I realized that moment was really humbling for me because I, I had felt like almost every woman that had walked into any of my rooms or programs, I could get up on her feet, moaning, crying, opening, breathing, shouting, dancing, expressing. Um, and that I was, even though I've had some very resistant women in my rooms over the years who are just kind of like, I don't want to do it. I'm I'm resistant. I don't know. By the end of each experience, they do deeply open. And I feel very confident at that. I can see into them really beautifully and clearly. Um, and yeah, I felt when I looked at the, these men, I was like, I actually, I don't know. Like, I was like, I don't know if I can, I can try to help you open in this way, but it felt like a new language for me to speak to the men on how to open and express. Though they did do it by the end, they did. But I kept having to go over and be like, come on, give me more, baby, give it to me. <laughs> and it was funny. It was funny. I was humbled afterwards. I was like, whoa. I said to Eli, I was like, oh my God, tough crowd. Um, I feel like, you know, and, and there were some practices where the men were gone and the women were just in the room. And I just felt like a sense of relief, like that the women were able to relax and open in a certain way. Because if you think about it, if when we're walking through TSA and, um, you know, in Whole Foods or whatever, we're, we're having to hold ourselves in a certain pose, right? In a certain posture, a certain, um, you know, we can be freaky and wild and weird, but we're also like, not letting it all fly everywhere. And I imagine some of us, it's our first lifetime to like let the let it all out. And so it's not like, you know, you may have phases where you just let it all out everywhere. I know I did. But then maybe you come to a certain point where you're like, okay, I'm not going to let my full full self everywhere because then people are always fucking staring at me and I get tired of that energy. So I need rooms where I can let it all out. I need a room where I can come together and safely let it all fucking out. And so that to me is nourishment, is deep spiritual nourishment. And if we put um, like cis men in the room, it kind of takes us back to that place where it's like, oh, I'm not sure if I can really let it all out now. And we need still places to let it all out and to see ourselves in a certain way without that added, I think, um, gaze. There's a lot that I could go into around this. And again, I think in spaces where we're not embodying, you can even be in a space where we're talking about, let's say, sexuality or talking, right? And we're just like in a more intellectual space talking about sexuality. Maybe we're learning about something. But once we start 
moaning and opening and rolling around and breathing and like opening the energetics in a room, it can get wild. <laughs> um, and I think that's that's an energy that, again, uh, can be very big. And I really admire the containers that hold that energy, but that's not uh, that's not where I'm at yet. Again, let's see if Eli and I lead an all genders retreat in 2023, but we probably will also have some practices that really aren't focused on um, sort of opening that sexual energy. Maybe they're just around talking about core wounds or attachment, or um, maybe it's around Qigong and you know, the sort of cycles of the seasons, some of the things he studied. Maybe it's about accessing our creative life force energy. So this is a great question, Justine. Thank you for that. And I will say, like, for my programs next year, as I said, there's two programs. There's the 13 Women Sacred Expression Unleashed. This is a coven this is a mastermind for women who are ready to hit the next level as public figures, as uh, public presences, as heart-based leaders. You're going to stand in front of this group of women. You're going to present your work to us. I'm going to give you tons of feedback, workshopping, support. You're also going to go into deep practice and ritual ceremony over the nine months. And that to me feels like it needs to be held within sacred sisterhood. And it feels so true that it is a group of 13 women. And that's your spiritual community, you know, that has a certain level of safety there. And then for the other community, the Radical Awakenings, which is our online virtual community, also we will be doing a lot of sensual embodiment, a lot of um, expression work, a lot of ritual. That is also going to be only women and female identifying people. This could be people that have a little bit more masculine presentation, but are um, still identified as women and on the on the journey with us as women. Um, and that's going to be a beautiful community. It does, you know, my community spaces always have different types of women in them. Um, types by types, I mean, you know, some people that are on a corporate path, maybe some people that are really counterculture, maybe some people that are queer and married, right? Like married um, within a queer relationship. Um, some people that are poly, some people that are moms that have two kids and that are really um, wanting sacred uh, sisterhood in the particular way that I lead it. You know, there's a lot of teachers out there that lead different spaces. I come from a like I said, you know, I've been in my spiritual practice for a long time. I've also been wild. I've been free. I've pursued my own life. I've followed my dreams. I've been following my dreams for a long ass time. And I've been following my soul's journey over the journey that the mainstream says should be the way my life should look. I have chosen not that. I have let my soul be stronger than that story that was presented to me but the outside world, which has taken a lot of energy and strength. And there's times where I have faltered and I have thought, damn it, should I have just married that boyfriend I had when I was 25? I'd gotten married and had a kid with him and lived in you know, New York with him um, and done that whole thing. And, you know, I didn't. I felt into it and I thought, this is not, I still have a lot more living to do before I make that kind of commitment. And I'm very glad because within that, this last, um, I guess, 
let's see, 25 to 30, within the last 15 years almost, I've learned so much about who I am and I've evolved and changed so much. So the way that I hold sacred spaces is for all of all of those types of women, whether you've taken a traditional path or a non-traditional path. But there's definitely an element in all my rooms of people that want to take risks, maybe a little bit wild, maybe a little bit weird, maybe a little bit witchy. Um, you know, sometimes I love to look around the room and just see all these different types of women. Uh, a lot of women who have been through some fucking shit who have been through some traumas, who have come out the other side healed, who are still healing, um, who aren't afraid to talk about it, who are trying to integrate that into their lives. Women that are living boldly. Uh, and that's that's the type of spiritual guidance that I give. It's like, you can be you. You do not have to leave your weirdness at the door, your fucked upness, your brokenness. That's all part of like the magical, beautiful ceramic pot with the gold that you are. Um, and so the, uh, that's, I think, what makes my spaces different. Also, that I love having a bridge between the sort of fringe spiritual and the mainstream. Like, I love that I was on Too Hot to Handle and then I got to be on a fucking reality show and bring my work to the mainstream. I love that my book has gotten mainstream press. I love that I've been in mainstream press because I think that there's something really beautiful about um, not just creating your work in a vacuum. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I love bringing women into my spaces who want to create work that has a, a wider impact. Um, and, you know, are wanting to shine to the outer world, to the brighter world, to the wider world. Um, to me, that's a, that's a big part of my work too. It's not just coaching for coaching people. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> And it's not just spiritual practice for, you know, longtime yogis and da, da da da. So it's spiritual practice for anybody, moms, women who work in the corporate space, people who want a space of belonging where they can let their weird out and their wild out. And I love those. I love those women. And I I adore, I'm so grateful every day for the places and the spaces that I get to hold. Um for the circles where someone steps in the center of the circle and lets us see who they are. And maybe that person who they are can't be seen in their office place or with their family, but it can in the family that we create together. And that to me is just phenomenal. So great question, Justine. I took the whole time with it. <laughs> um, so I hope all this has sat with you somewhere in your heart today and touched you. And, um, I would love to have you in one of my communities next year, one of my programs, if you feel called, if you feel like, you know what, I'm ready to dive in. I need a little bit of a spiritual family community, a sacred sisterhood circle that holds me as I take big leaps in my life, as I heal, as I face parts of myself, as I do this human dance, walking this path on this planet during this time. So if so, all the links are in the show notes. Check them out. Have a look. Uh, you can always ask any questions. Feel free to DM me at any time. I'm here. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend. I so appreciate your love and support. Put a little review on iTunes. I love that too. Um, I podcast, whatever the hell it's called. Okay, my loves, have a phenomenal day. 
stay with your heart, find the people that celebrate you where you feel a sense of belonging and find that spiritual home. We all need it. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.